Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. Welcome to Community Baptist Church as we have gathered to worship and to uh, fellowship together and to share the Spirit of God with one another. We welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would, if you wouldn't mind, to uh, put your name and address and phone number and email address on there. If you would do that and so we can have a record of uh, your attendance with us today, we would certainly appreciate it. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, thank you so very much, everyone who had a part in our Highway 60 yard sale over the past two days. Uh, it was a lot of work. Uh, but we did, yes, thank you. We can give them a hand of a, a hand of applause. It was a lot of work, uh, but well worth it. I think we did well. And, uh, so thank you to everyone who helped to donate things, to help, uh, price things, to help sell things. And it was just a great day. We have some exciting things coming up. Our church picnic is next week, next Sunday. That will be at, uh, Audubon State Park. And uh, at 1 o'clock, right after our worship service, uh, go grab your stuff, change clothes, whatever you want to do, and come on out, and we'll meet at 1 o'clock. The church will provide the meats uh, for the picnic, so if you would like to bring a vegetable or a side dish or a dessert or something like that, that would be wonderful. If you don't, just that's fine, too. We, we've never run out of food. We, uh, we, we always have plenty for everyone, so come and enjoy uh, a, a good time next week. Have a blood drive coming up on October the 12th, and so if you would like to uh, to donate blood or to volunteer for that, please see Jika, and uh, she will get you signed up for that. And Kirk, I believe you wanted to have a word here. There's a group of us going to see Sandy Patty in concert next uh, this coming Saturday night. Tickets, we have six tickets left. They're $20 uh, each. Uh, got to see the auditorium where uh, she will be singing. It's great seats. They're going to mark off a space for us uh, down on the, on the main floor. I have the tickets with me, so if you want one, I'll right up here, and I'll be waiting for you after the worship service. Thank you, Kurt. And uh, also, let me, uh, let me just mention that uh, you may notice back here in the back that things are uh, looking a little better. Thank you, Robbie Hall. Robbie, uh, uh, almost single-handedly just kind of cleared everything out and cut back limbs and trees and things like that and cleared everything. And so thank you, Robbie, for making making it look uh, very beautiful back there. I want to bring you up to date. We do this once a month just to kind of keep you up to date on our Unleashed uh, uh, progress, our Unleashed Capital cam- Campaign progress for paying down our debt. Uh, so far through September, uh, we have added an additional $69,205 to, or taken it away. We've reduced our principal by $69,205.25. I'm not sure where that 25 cents came from, but, but we're grateful for it. So that is a wonderful thing. And if we add that along with our regular payments, uh, that probably comes out somewhere around $85,000 that we have reduced our debt uh, during this year. So thank you, everyone, for your faithfulness in, uh, in helping us to do that. And we're, 
we're well on our way. We're doing some, some good things here, so thank you so much. Let us now stand and greet one another, if you're able, and uh, share with one another the love of God. And then we will sing, Redeemed, I Love Proclaim.
be seated. Please pray with me. Gracious, loving, holy God, we come to your house from different paths, from different houses, different backgrounds, different preferences, different focuses, different passions, different families, different stories, different needs, and different troubles. But when we come into your house, it is not those differences that define us. It is all that brings us together. We are made one through Christ's flesh. Through his ministry, the dividing walls between us have been broken down. The dividing lines that we see today are our own creations, not his. And the truth is that there is only one in Christ. And so, God, we pray that our lives may show the unity which Christ came to proclaim, the love which Christ gave his life for, and the grace that sets all people free. In that spirit of Christian unity, O oh God, we pray for our neighbors in our own faith community and for our neighbors around the world in distress and in joy and in everything in between. We hear of pain and suffering. We hear joyous shouts. We hear concern and caring. And there are also those voices that we will never hear but are well known to your ears. We hold all of these things in our hearts, God, as we pray to you. And we pray that you would fashion us to be your hands and your feet that spread the good news of your kingdom wherever we go. The kingdom that breaks down walls instead of creating them. Let us be the church that honors your name in all that we say or do. And help us to recognize our own self-righteous tendencies and repent from those evil thoughts that divide us. And we lift up all of these prayers in the name of the one who takes down barriers in order to foster love. Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen.
right, children, come on down for Miss Mary. Come on down. Hello, how are y'all? Today, in today's scripture passage, we are going to learn about a story that's about two men who go to church. Now, one of those men, the first man, thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. He just thinks he is something, something. Um, here's, here's kind of what he reminds me of. Sure had me fool. For a minute I thought you was getting to be a lady. It's going to be a pleasure to give you a lesson in marksmanship. You couldn't give me a lesson in long-distance spitting. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. No, you can. Yes, I can. No, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can be greater. Sooner or later, I'm greater than you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I can shoot up cartridge with a single cartridge. I can get a sparrow with a bow and arrow. I can live on bread and cheese. And only on that, yes. so can a rat. Any note you can reach, I can go higher. I can sing anything higher than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. 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 Anything you can do, I can do better. I'm better at it than you. Man, those people just irritate the daylights out of me. Do they do you? I'm better at that than you. I'm better at selling than you. I'm better at preaching than you. Well, they probably are. But I don't like it when they throw it up in my face. I think that I'm better than you. Well, this first man in the story thought he was better than anybody. And to the point where he prayed in church, thank you, God, that you made me better than anybody else. Well, holy guacamole to sit in prayer and say, thank you, God, that you made me better than anybody else. And thank you, God, you made me better than him. And that brings us to the second man. There was a second man in church, and that second man was praying, God, I'm a sinner. God, I am not perfect. God, I've made mistakes. I've done things wrong. I've done things that I wish I could go back and change. Forgive me, oh God. I would much rather be around somebody who says, I've messed up, than somebody says, well, I'm perfect. I don't ever mess up. And God likes to be around those kind of people too because by the end of the story, Jesus is saying to folks, God forgives the second man. And the first man doesn't see any reason to be forgiven. 
because he doesn't think he's done anything wrong. Well, have you been around people who think they're perfect? Yeah, me too. Have you been around people who make mistakes? Me too. I'm one of those who make mistakes. Um, and I ask God to forgive me. And God loves me enough to say, I forgive you. As long as I understand that there are some things that I am good at. Um, because God gave me gifts and, and I'm good at it. But that doesn't make me better than anybody else. There are things that you guys are really good at, but that doesn't make you better than anybody else. Because you're good at some things, somebody else is good at some things, and that's how God created the kingdom to be. So that we could all get together and do the things that we're good at. But that doesn't make us better than anybody else. Okay? Let's pray. God, you really do make some of us good at some things and other of us good at other things. But that doesn't mean I'm better than anybody else. It doesn't mean I'm worse than anybody else. It means that some days I get it right and some days I don't. But on those days I don't, God, I, I ask you to forgive me and you love me through it. God, when I get the big head, I wish you would just tell me so that I can remember that you do all things perfectly, not me. So thank you for loving me through those days. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now wait a minute, because I think you guys are pretty darn special. And because you guys do really cool things. I think you all need kisses. <laughs> kisses, y'all need kisses. Kisses, kisses. Kisses, 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 kisses. Kisses for all the things that you do great. Kisses, kisses. For encouraging others when they do good things. Kisses, kisses. Kisses. Thank you. You can go upstairs. I can step on bread and cheese. And only on that. Yes. So can I. Any notes you can reach, I can go higher. I can...
Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for today and thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to come together, Lord. And I thank you for that freedom that we have to come together and just worship and uh, listen to your word, Lord. And I pray that you give us an open heart and open mind today to what Dr. Hobbs has for us. And I pray that the rest of this week goes well. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Our scripture reading from today comes from Luke 18:9-14. He also told us this parable to some who trusted in themselves that we were righteousness and regardless others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, and one Pharisee and the other tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, "God, I thank you that I'm not like other people." Thieves rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all of my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home, justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be humbled. 
be exalted. Morning. Since uh, I was a little deficient in getting a song title to Jika, because until last night I did not know what I was going to sing, the name of the song I will be singing is called If My People Will Pray.
Oh, Enda, thank you. What a beautiful song, uh, sermon in and of itself, so thank you so much. <clears throat> There's a funny story that I have heard dozens of times, and actually, to be honest, I've probably told it dozens of times, and you've probably heard it dozens of times from me, but uh, repetition never stopped a good story. So here we go. Uh, there were three pastors. No, they didn't walk into a bar. <laughs> but there were three pastors, a Baptist, an Episcopalian, and a Methodist, who lived in the same community and became friends. They played golf together. They uh, met for coffee every week. And, and one, day, one, day, they, one day they decided that they'd take a little retreat uh, together just to share some time and to study, to talk, and, 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 and to pray. And during the course of their time together, their relationship evolved to the point that they began to confess their sins to one another. The Methodist preacher said, I must confess that I'm really wrestling with the sin of greed. I never seem to have enough. And I hate to admit it, but for months now, I've been taking money out of the collection plate every week. Pray for me. The Episcopalian priest said, I understand that kind of uncontrollable urge. My problem is lust. I simply cannot keep my eyes off of a beautiful woman, and I'm afraid that my lust is going to lead to something dreadful. Well, the Baptist preacher was very quiet, deep in thought. The other two guys looked at him, waiting for him to share, and finally he broke the silence by saying, I'm sorry, guys, but my sin is gossip, and I can't wait to get home. (laughs) Now, I want to begin our thoughts today by asking, what do you think humanity's most common sin is? Personally, I believe it is the sin of self-righteousness. We allow our unhealthy pride to smother out any spark of humility, and that displeases God. The parable in today's scripture points to this very thing. This story of the Pharisee and the tax collector paints a very vivid picture of the contrast between self-righteousness and humility. In fact, the meaning of this parable becomes quite evident if we notice how it begins. In verse 9, we are told why Jesus told this parable in the first place. When he says, when it says he told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. The story is very simple and straightforward. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One boasted to God of all of his good qualities, and the other simply asked God for mercy. The proud man, a Pharisee, was a respected pillar of the church. And as he stood there praying, he he looked across at the tax collector, and, and pride swelled up within his chest even more. Thank God I'm not like him. He prayed, thank God I'm as good as I am. On the other hand, the humble man was was probably not even a member of that church, almost a religious untouchable. 
However, he showed his deep humility before God by the attitude that he presented in prayer. Jesus tells us that he would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, and he, and he demonstrated his heartfelt repentance by, by beating his chest in sorrow as he prayed simply, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then Jesus said that the favor of God would be upon the one who showed humility while the judgment of God would be upon the self-righteous one. Now I hope that we will allow this parable to be a mirror into which we can look to see our own lives reflected back. Because I believe that, we will, that what we will see here is that the most common sin in all of humanity is the sin of self-righteousness. But the hardest thing about this issue of self-righteousness is that it requires a certain degree of humility even to admit that we are self-righteous, which is a trait that most self-righteous people don't have. So it's, it's a very difficult issue to deal with. So let's, let's look at what Jesus can teach us today about ourselves. In, in some versions, verse 11 says that the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. In those few words, you may get the idea that even in prayer, the Pharisee was focused on himself. Not God, on himself. My friends, let me tell you something. This battle between humility and pride is an old, old battle. It is as old as the battle between heaven and hell itself. And the battle is often fought in our prayer lives. In C.S. Lewis's classic work titled The Screwtape Letters, a wonderful little book there, he, he offers 31 imaginary letters from a character called Screwtape, who is one of the chief demons in hell, to his nephew, Wormwood, who is a junior devil in training, just starting his first assignment on earth. And the purpose of the screw tape letters is to show how hell is constantly trying to divert would-be Christians from following the ways of God. And in one letter, screw tape tells Wormwood, that the most productive way to overcome good people is to not only work on their pride, but also to infect them with a sense of false pride. Here's what he says. He says, catch him at that moment when he is really poor in spirit, said Screwtape, and then smuggle into his mind the gratifying reflection, by Jove, I'm being humble. And almost immediately, he will be proud of his own humility. You getting that? (laughs) And then he says, if he awakens to the danger and tries to smother this new form of pride, then make him proud of that. And so on through as many stages as you please. Now, being aware of the danger of pride doesn't mean that we don't look at ourselves and we don't examine our consciences and and confess our sins. That's a, that's a very important part of praying. Indeed, to, to scrutinize our lives and to look at ourselves in relationship to God and to, to confess our, God, our, our sins to God is at the very heart 
of prayer. But Jesus was sounding a different kind of warning here. He was warning us against being preoccupied with ourselves. The Pharisee looked and prayed thus with himself, it says. And pride prevailed. And folks, listen to this. When pride is in the midst of our prayer, then as our prayer indicates, our prayer, I mean, as our, our parable indicates, our prayer is less likely to be taken seriously. When we come to God in, in the midst of pride and bring our, our prayers to God in a prideful manner, our prayer is less likely to be taken seriously. The teaching, this teaching of Jesus reveals a stark contrast between self-righteousness and humility. And this parable is a clear condemnation of self-righteousness. But it's also a call to humility. Now it may be difficult for us to get the full impact of the contrast that Jesus is drawing here. Because most of us have grown up hearing these stories that Jesus has told, these parables in the New Testament. And, and honestly, we've come to accept the fact that the Pharisees are often the villains. We've kind of gotten that through the years, haven't we? Now, the tax, tax collector's role might not be so clear to us but because we might generally assume that he was a fairly decent guy, but that was not the feeling of the people who first heard this parable. You see, to them, put yourself in the shoes for a moment of those people who first heard Jesus speak this parable. Let's put yourself in their shoes for a minute. For them, it was appalling to have a religious leader like Jesus to speak a good word of a, about a tax collector. It was unheard of. Never would they expect anything like that, ever. In Jesus' day, the tax collector was considered a crook. He had sold out his people for profit. And he made his money by taking advantage of the poor. Remember, he was collecting taxes not for his home nation of Israel, but for Rome, for the Roman Empire. He was considered to be a traitor to his people. The Pharisee, on the other hand, was a well-respected expert in the law and meticulously kept it in every way. And I am fairly certain that some of Jesus' listeners felt like, like Jesus had probably made a mistake when they heard this parable and had confused the characters, gotten them mixed up. Wait a minute, teacher. Didn't you get your characters reversed here? modern preacher should tell a story with a gangster as the hero and a priest as the villain, then the congregation might think the same thing. But that really is the contrast that Jesus is drawing. And by doing that, he is using the element of surprise to make a point. And if anything can be said about God, it is that God surprises us always with God's mercy and God's judgment. A medieval monk once said that when we get to heaven, we will be surprised by three things. 
First, we will be surprised to see many that we didn't think would be there. Secondly, we will be surprised that some folks aren't there that we expected to be there. And third, we will be surprised that we made it. And certainly we have a surprise here in this parable. Because the most outcast of persons, as far as religion is concerned, the tax collector, is accepted. While the most likely candidate for heaven, as far as religion is concerned, the Pharisee is condemned. And it is all because of our most common human sin. Self-righteousness. So let's focus on that core problem for just a moment and see what kind of warnings this parable offers to us about self-righteousness today. And I think that the first warning about self-righteousness here is that it, it separates us from our brothers and sisters in the human family, doesn't it? One Sunday school teacher was teaching on this parable of Jesus, and after telling the story of the Pharisees and, and the, uh, the Pharisee and the tax collector, she said to her students, "Now, children, let us thank God that we are not like that nasty Pharisee." <laughs> you see what's happened there? She was being guilty of the same sin that the Pharisee was being guilty of. The Pharisee who said, I thank God I'm not like that nasty tax collector. Can you see how that sin of self-righteousness can separate us from one another? You see, self-righteousness causes us to try to establish our worth and judgment on the basis of comparison. And we determine our worth and the worth of someone else by comparing them to us and us to them. And it makes us feel better about ourselves when we can look down our noses at someone else and be proud that we're not them. There's a great story about two college freshmen at an Ivy League uh, university who considered each other to be their chief rival for valedictorian. They never met one another, but they read each other's names, one above the other always on the bulletin board, each semester, as the grades were posted, they carefully monitored their progress towards their goal. And, and each semester, one of them would be on the top and the other one would be barely below. And they would kind of go back and forth through the years. Neither of them ever made a gesture of friendship towards the other. And when the time came for graduation, sure enough, one of them was valedictorian and the other was salutatorian. They walked across the stage to receive their certificate and each disappeared to take on their chosen professions. Well, 40 years later, one of them was a portly, balding gentleman dressed in the elaborate robes of the church. And the purple hat signified that he was a cardinal. And this portly, balding gentleman entered Grand Central Station one day. And immediately he spotted his college rival across the way. His rival was tall and straight, dressed in a snappy military uniform with four stars across his shoulders. A general. And so the cardinal, in his flowing robes, thought 
here we are, former college mates and leaders of our chosen professions, and we've never even met each other. The least I can do as a man of the cloth is, is to take the initiative and speak to him. And so he crossed the busy Grand Central Station, faced his rival, and said, Conductor, can you tell me when the next train leaves for Chicago? And the four-star general responded, I don't know, madam, but should a woman in your condition be traveling? (laughs) Ouch. Ouch. Self-righteousness leads us to establish worth and judgment on the basis of comparison and competition. It does not take into account the obstacles that others may have faced and overcome. It does not take into account our own indebtedness to others for all that we have and all that we are. And thus it separates us from our brothers and sisters in the human family. There's a story about a mountaineer who established a great reputation as a marksman. And whoever went into the woods surrounding his home would find all over the place Target rings drawn on trees and fences and always a bullet hole right in the middle. And so when someone asked him to explain the secret of his remarkable success as a marksman, he said, it's really pretty easy. You see, I just shoot and then I draw a circle around the hole. (laughs) That's the method of the Pharisee. The Pharisee makes himself look more saintly than he really is. And that's why the the Greek word that's used for sin in the New Testament literally means to miss the mark. That's what it means. And Jesus is telling us that only those who are humble enough to admit that they've missed the mark, they're the only ones that are going to be accepted. The second warning of this parable is that self-righteousness separates us from God. You may remember that Jesus told a sister parable to this one in in Luke chapter 11. It was also a parable about humility and pride. It's the parable of the seat that we take at the banquet. And, And in that parable, Jesus said that when you're invited to a wedding feast, don't sit at the head table. Don't sit at the place of honor because... It may be that a more important person than you has been invited. And and if you're sitting at the head table, your host may have to come up to you and say, excuse me, can you give your seat to this other fellow who's more important than you are? And if that happens, then you'll have to take a lower place in shame. Save yourself from that, he said. Go and sit at the lowest place at the table so that when the host comes, he can invite you to come up higher And that will bring you honor rather than shame. Now, Jesus was not giving us a lesson in etiquette here. He was teaching about the kingdom of God. And the Pharisees could not miss the point. He was telling them as plainly as he possibly could that there is no place for their pride and their status and their assumption of honor in the kingdom of God. Because in God's kingdom... God, the host, is going to seat people as God thinks they deserve. 
And the humble person is going to come out looking a whole lot better than the proud person. And so Jesus concludes this parable by saying, For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The story is told that during World War I, the Emperor of Austria died after serving for more than 60 years, and he was carried as his forebears before him to the crypt of the Church of the Capuchins in Vienna. And when the escort knocked at the gate, a voice from inside offered the traditional challenge, Who is there? And the reply came, His Supreme Majesty, the Emperor of Austria. The graveside liturgist responded, I know him not. Who is there? Again, the answer came, The Apostolic King of Hungary. Once more, the voice inside responded, I know him not. Who is there? This time the escort declared, Our brother, Franz Joseph, a sinner. At those words, the gates were opened. And so it always is. Not the self-righteous. Not those who go around putting a circle around the shot that they've already made to prove that they've hit the bullseye but those who know that they've missed the mark. Those who know that they are sinners and are willing to confess and to seek mercy. For them, the gates are opened and they go away from God's presence justified. That's our parable for today. Revealing the most common sin in all of humanity. And it's a tough story to swallow because it strikes so close to home for each of us. But if we deal with it honestly, if we face the lessons that this teaches us, it will drive us to our knees. And that is precisely where we need to be. The proper posture that we take, that we need to take if we expect to enter the kingdom of God, is humbling upon our knees, asking forgiveness. Amen. Let's sing our closing hymn today. Lord, lay some soul upon my heart. Boy, this sounds like a soul song, doesn't it? This sounds like a blues song here, but it's such a beautiful song as we ask God to fill us with God's Spirit. Let us sing together.
Thank you, Lord, for your presence with us this day. As we depart from this place now, we ask you to bless us and guide us safely home. We pray that the learning and conversations of this gathering will not die, but instead will continue to ruminate within us and bear fruit in our lives and in our ministries until we find ourselves together again. We ask us this in the name of Jesus and in the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen.
Christ. Glory.